Well, good morning and welcome to the Quiet Rebel interviews. And this morning, I'm really pleased to have Lynn Middlecroft with us. She's an inspirational lady. She's really dynamite. I've had a look at her website and she's does some really fantastic things. So I'm going to quit talking a bit here and let you meet her for yourself. Good morning, Lynn. Um, Good morning, Paul. Let's kick off uh, this morning's interview with looking at how you see yourself to be a quiet rebel. Uh, <laughs> I, I love that word. I love that quiet rebel um, because I, I think I'm everything but quiet. I think. <laughs> 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 I think uh, I think I'm quite loud sometimes. I think sometimes I may be a bit too loud for some people, but that is just my passion. You know, that's the that's the passion that I have for for what I do and wanting to inspire others. And so I can come across a, bit, a little bit loud, um, but that's just my enthusiasm and my passion. Um, I hope that doesn't put people off, but that's what I. That's that's who I am, you know, and I can't I can't change that. I, I do tone it down sometimes, um, but yeah, I, I think because of the changes that I've made in my own life over the last ten years, I'm very passionate about wanting to help others um, to make changes and giving them that direction so that they can make those changes for themselves. Excellent. Um, okay, well then, how would you say that you're helping to change the world? How am I helping to change the world? I am um, sharing people my story. So I, sh I think that the, I think the biggest, um, I don't know, the biggest gift that I can give to people is letting them know about my story and how things used to be for me and how they are for me today. And um, if I just go back in time about maybe 10 years ago, um, I was almost on the verge of having a nervous breakdown. And my sister, I have three sisters. One lives in San Francisco, one lives in New Zealand, and one lives here in the UK. And my sister gave me a book by Louise Hay, and it's called The Power. I have the book here. This is the very book that my sister gave me. The Power is Within You. Okay. So when I read this book, I just, I just couldn't stop crying. Um, and it, and it, it was tears of joy, tears of sadness, tears of... It really resonated with me, that book. Um, so I just wanted other people to know about this, this wonderful woman called Louise Hay. Um, and her philosophies. So I started to apply those philosophies in my own life. And I went and did the teacher training, the Hugh Life teacher training in Birmingham in 2011. And I went back the following year in 2012 and did the coaching training. And this year I've just done the business training. And so what that did was that enabled me to go out into the community and teach workshops. So that's what I do. I, I run workshops based on Louise's philosophies. Um, and I do coaching. I run uh, team building days for charities. And 
I've done quite a bit of that, you know, so I've run workshops for organisations with staff teams. And so that's, that's what I want to do. I want to continue to do that so that people know that they've got different choices. It doesn't have to be the way they think it, it is. You know, I was, um, I was in, a, in a place of real, I'd been married for 18 years and we just got divorced and I had two sons um, who at that time were 15 and 12. And life was quite difficult at that time. And I was a manager of a voluntary organization um, there'd been an incident at work and I was off the sick. I was off on the sick for six months with work-related stress. Um, and I just thought that, you know, that that was it, that that, that wasn't what life was meant to be. I was meant to uh, be suffering. I was meant to be in pain because those were the beliefs that I grew up with as a child. That, you know, as, as a girl, my beliefs were that you went to school you got good qualifications you got a good job you got married you had children and then you died and that 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 was what I grew up believing you know so I just started to to feel this sense of there's got to be more than this there has to be more than this you know what what's this life about you know started to ask those questions what why am I here you know what <laughs> Why am I here? Why am I suffering? This is too awful, you know? So it was like, there's got to be more than this. So when my sister gifted me with the Louise Hay book, that was the massive turning point in my life. So that's that's where I want to change the world day by day by all the workshops that I run to just inspire those people. And I see them come in a workshop, Paul, and when they leave that workshop, they're like different people, you know, they've, they've had aha moments and they've had light bulb moments and they can start seeing where they can join the dots up themselves and they know that it's doable because if I can do it, anybody can do it. I love that. That's really good. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so, okay, of, of all the things you've gone through, what kind of, what's the most important message that you've got to yourself? I mean, I know you said that it's seeing that life doesn't have to be this way, but what was yeah. the thing that really impacted your heart that, that made you want to move forward just besides seeing the change? It, for me, it was self-love. It was, it was knowing that I am, um, that I am love. That, that that's that that's the essence of who I am, and I really resonated with with that with that that message of love. So that's 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 all I ever wanted. All I ever wanted from being a small child was love. Um, and if I just give you a little bit of background about my childhood, um, I'm the eldest of five children. So to put it into context. I have a picture, I've, I've got this picture here. So could you, can you see that, Paul? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so let me just get this the right way around. So this is me on this side. That's, uh -huh. my, that's my little brother, Ian. And uh -huh. that's one of my sisters, Jan. She's the one who still lives in the UK. But the reason I have this picture is it was... Um, 
it, this was in the local paper in the Bolton Evening News, and it was taken in the 60s because um, my dad had actually taken us three to Butlins, Butlins Cuffelli, for a two-week holiday on his own. Um, and in the 60s, that wasn't, you know, that made, that was news. Wow, this guy's taking three kids on his own on holiday, you know? <laughs> Let's, get it. Let's get it in the paper. This is, this is, this is great. But who's missing? Who's missing? So my mum isn't here because she was in hospital having my youngest sister, Julie. Um, another sister who isn't on here is my sister, Sam. And she was only one at the time. So she was fostered for two weeks while my dad took us on holiday. So I'm the eldest. I'm six years old on this photograph. But already at six years old, I was born in June 59. My mum, Jan was a twin. So there's another girl, not, another sister not on this photograph. Jan was a twin, and her twin passed away at 15 months old. So Karen passed away at 15 months old. So what I didn't know then, because I was only just over two years old, was I didn't know what had happened to this baby sister. I remember my sister, but I had no idea what happened to her. Um, so then... My mum at that time, I have two sons and I cannot comprehend what it must be like to lose a child. So my mum must have been, well, she, she was, she was, she was in deep grief because she's lost a baby. So I've been able to have a conversation with my mum over the last few years about Karen. And I asked my mum, what, what did I do when Karen died? And she said, you looked for her everywhere. You know, you were shouting her name. You were looking for her everywhere because I didn't know what had happened to her, you know? So my mum said that she was so terrified. Her and my dad were so terrified of losing Jan that they really gave her a lot of love and attention. And she said that they probably did neglect me. So as a little two-year-old, to see all this love and attention being poured onto Jan, I'm starting to think, even though I didn't know this at the time, but I'm starting to think they love her more than me. So then they had Ian the following year. So all babies need attention, don't they? So she had Ian, so she's got another baby who needs more attention than I do. Then she has sand, another baby. So she had us all one year after the other. So she's having all these babies who all demand her time, who all demand um, attention. So as I'm getting older, I'm seeing my mum giving all this attention to my sisters and my brother, not necessarily to me, because I'm the eldest, so I'm helping her. I become this little mother. You know, I'm helping her to feed them and change nappies and all that kind of stuff. So what I didn't know, but what I do know now because of the work I do, I had created this story in my little mind about being Cinderella. So 
anybody who would listen to my story, I was Cinderella. Poor me. So I became this victim. You know, I was this poor me. Do you know? And it, it was blame. I was blaming my mother for all kinds of things and didn't have a great relationship with her in my teenage years and, you know, ran away three times. And I was still craving that love and attention from her that I missed as a child, you know? And so now I, now I, can look at all this as, as an adult and, and now I've got this information from my mum, it's like, I get it. I get why she was giving all the, you know, all my siblings all this time and attention because they were babies and they needed it. But I didn't see that because I was six years old and I'd already made my mind up then that I wasn't good enough. There was something wrong with me. Um, you know, I, I'm not loved, I'm not lovable. So these were core beliefs that I formed as a child that affected me throughout my life, which I didn't know because I wasn't consciously aware of it, you know? So, but now I know and I can, I can see it and I just think, oh my God, you know? So, so now I've changed those beliefs and now I, I, I believe I'm good enough. I believe I'm worthy. I believe I'm lovable. Um, but for a long, long time, I didn't. So, so that was the, that's the story that um, I share with people. And honestly, so many people say, I really resonate with that. It was like that for me growing up. So if I can share that story with others and that inspires others and it helps them to have compassion for the, the parents. And I'm not blaming my mum at all here or my dad. And I have a lot of compassion for my mum now. And my relationship with my mum is fabulous now. It's a great relationship. Fantastic. That is it's always amazing to me how soon the, the stories start building in people yeah. and, and then how it just flows all the way into your life. Um, yeah. How can you, for our listeners and stuff, how can you get in touch with those stories sometimes? I mean, like you said, you didn't realize it for a long time and things are always running in the background. How, how do yeah. you become aware? How do you, sorry, Paul, I didn't catch that last bit. How do you become aware of those stories? How do they, you know, where you become aware that you're actually telling yourself a story? Because of how I'm feeling, you know? So, so if, I'm, if I'm telling a story and it's not making me feel good, if it's making me feel sad or unhappy or, and I go back into those beliefs of, oh, I'm feeling not good enough again, you know? Um, or I'm feeling that, the, the thing about not good enough was huge for me. And, and underneath that, that um, feeling was uh, feeling a fear of failure, fear of rejection and all that kind of stuff. So to give you an example of, of the awareness, um, a couple of years ago, I was doing an Ayurveda practitioner's course. And as part of that course, we had to do a portfolio and we were two months from graduating. And all of a sudden, I just felt this, this deep fear within my body. And this is a true story that I'm about to share with you. This is true. I got into my car with a pad and a pen 
and I drove um, to a place on the coast up here in the northwest of England called uh, Cleveland. So it's about an hour's drive from where I live. And I drove to the coast and I sat on the beach with a pad and a pen and I started writing a letter to the, to the teacher, to the tutor, Linda, um, why I was going to drop out of this course. So I was writing this letter, dear Linda, I've decided that I'm pulling out of this course because all these reasons why I was pulling out of this course. And I wrote the letter, got back into my car, drove home. So I'd, I'd driven an hour away and drove back. And then I rang Linda and she didn't answer. So she was, I'd left her a voicemail message. And about 20 minutes later, she rang me back. And I just thought, oh, crikey, where's the pad? So anyway, I found the pad with the letter that I'd written to her. And I, I started to read this letter, pretending that I wasn't reading, pretending that it was all coming from up here. So I was, I was saying, does this sound crazy? Because it is crazy. <laughs> it is crazy. <laughs> And honestly, when I think about it now, it is so crazy, it's hilarious. So I'm reading this letter to Linda, and I'm saying, dear Linda, um, I said, hi Linda, so I'm pulling out of the, and I, I read the letter, and she let me read the letter, and right at the very end of the letter, she just asked me one question, and the question she asked was, why now? I could understand this. 12 months ago or maybe six months ago but why now and I couldn't answer and the reason I couldn't answer was because the inner child the child inside it was like the confused child you know the, the, it was like the the rabbit in the headlight like why now oh I can't I couldn't answer I couldn't give her an answer so she just said, I'll leave that with you. And that was it. That was the end of the call. So I went upstairs then and had a shower. And I was in the shower. And then I couldn't stop laughing. I came back into my conscious awareness. And I just thought, oh, my goodness me. Look at what I've just done. I've gone back into child. So the child within me that was still terrified of failure it, 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 it gripped my entire body, took over my adult, and the adult had driven to the coast, and, and the child had written this letter, you know, this <laughs> fear in this letter. And so it was, all, it was all the child. But I could see it, Paul. I saw what I'd done. And I just couldn't stop. And I just thought, oh, my God, it's crazy. This is so crazy. So Linda messaged me later that night and said, how are you doing? And I just said, I'll see you in a couple of weeks. So <laughs> I, went, I went back. Thankfully, the adult self had come back and taken charge. And the conscious adult self had taken charge and said, right, OK, I clearly see what happened here. But honestly, it's so easy to, to go back into that child. And, and that's, that's how I, that's 
that's where I have my awareness when I know that I've gone back into my child and then I just reassure the child that everything's okay you know that they don't have to be scared so that's exactly what I've done gone back into childhood the, the fear of failure the fear of failing that course was it was so huge so that's what had, that's what had gripped me and gripped my entire body and had taken over my mind so that that terrified little child of failing she had taken over and so that's where the letter came from thankfully <laughs> the logical adult came in and the conscious adult came in and said whoa hang on a minute what's going on here you know it's like and I, and so that's that's what i that's what i see now so that's when i'm more aware yeah okay now I, I thought what was interesting is you said that the you were able to assure your inner child now what about if you have a, a listener and they know that they're kind of caught up in these things how do you teach them to um reach that inner child to let them know everything's okay and to to make that kind of turnaround so for me um and i, I learned this from uh, from linda from linda breverton i've been on a lot of, of linda's workshops um and also the work that louise hair teaches and other people and for me it's just to close my eyes and visualize myself at that, at that child, with that child, see that child standing in front of me and just hand on heart, have that connection with that child, see that child and just sit that child on my knee and just comfort her like I would if it was any child, like you would with a child, just maybe stroking her hair and talking to her and just reassuring her everything's okay, everything's fine, you don't have to be scared anymore, everything's going to be okay, I'm here now, I'm going to take care of you and I'm going to look after you, all is well, I love you so much and telling her all the things that you wanted to heal when you were, um, I'm not crying, this is just a reaction in my, in my left, in my left eye, there's just a tear coming there. Um, so yeah, just, so just telling her or telling him all of the things that you wanted to hear when you were a child um, that you never got to hear, you know, um, and it's very, very comforting. And then just staying with that child and just giving them a hug and maybe just again stroking the hair and telling them how much you love them so that they can hear that and giving them a big hug yeah and checking in with that child every day checking in with that child every day yeah wow. Do, making that connection every day to that little girl making that connection every day to that little boy because they're still part of us you know yeah now that's yeah that really hits home and resonates because yeah. it's like especially like the the everyday part because then you can kind of start feeling um that neglect again can't you because it's like if you only yeah. check in once in a while then it goes right back to that feeling yeah yeah 
Thank you. Yeah. And connecting every day makes makes it real for them. It makes it makes them feel secure. It makes them feel loved. Because if you only connect with them when things go wrong or you know challenges come up or you only connect with them once every few months or once a year, they still they, they feel neglected again. They feel that abandonment, they feel that neglect. So what we want to do is we don't want them to feel like that anymore. We don't want them to feel abandoned. We don't want them to feel neglected. So connecting, even if it's only a couple of minutes every day, you know, um, I, have a, I have a doll on my bed who I call Annie. And as a child, I did have lots of dolls, but I never had a rag doll. And I always wanted a rag doll. So I allowed my little girl to go and choose a rag doll. And it's funny because when I, when I saw the first rag doll in a shop, I thought, oh, I'll get that one. But I knew it wasn't the right one because my little child wasn't feeling it. You know, she wasn't getting all excited. So um, I didn't see... Um, a, a rag doll for, for quite a while and I was in a garden centre with my mum and this rag doll was in the garden centre of all places they had a few scattered around the shop and as soon as my little girl saw this particular doll oh it was just like Christmas morning she got so excited and you know oh I want this one I want this one I want this one so that's the doll that I bought. So I sit the doll on my knee and close my eyes and see my little girl holding that doll, you know? Um, and, and so that's beautiful. That's, that's powerful. That's really powerful. That, that's a deep connection. Wow. That is, that's beautiful. <laughs> oh. <laughs> And it doesn't have to be a doll, it could be a teddy. But it, the thing is, is to let your child, let your inner child choose it. You know, not the adult, because it won't mean anything. But it's when the child chooses it, it means the world. It means everything. Wow. Well, thank you. That, that's really something to think about. Oh. Um, also, I was going to ask... Um, you to talk a little bit about your website and, and all the different programs you do, because you do so many things. There's like, I think I saw team building and you counsel and you do all sorts of workshops to so talk a little bit about how you're all those things that you're doing. Okay. So my website, um, I, I just rebranded actually Paul last year. Um, and this is interesting again, you know, I just love how the universe works with you and it's always guiding you and supporting you all the time. And I used to have a different guy doing, a, doing my website and he sent me um, an invoice last year and I had no idea what it was for. There was no explanation. It was just an invoice for a, a certain amount of money. And so I sent him an email and queried it and he never came back to me. So I just thought, oh, okay, it must be, it, it must be sent in error. You know, so 
I went on my website and the website had um, a sign across it saying account suspended. And I thought, oh, crikey, what does that mean? So I tried to get hold of him and I couldn't get hold of him. And anyway, um, a couple of days later, the website was back up and running and he sent me an email. Um, it was a very, um, it wasn't a nice email, you know, it was very unpleasant. Um, in the meantime, I'd joined um, a group on Facebook and I'd, it, was a, it was for small businesses. So I put um, a question on there about a recommendation for um, a website person. And everybody said this same guy. So they all said this, this particular guy, Chris, Chris Dawes. And so I messaged him and told him the problems that I, were having, that I was having. And he sent me this message and he said that he would help, um, blah, 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 blah. And he said, I'm actually in a queue at the moment um, in Florida. He was at Universal World or something in Florida. And he was in a queue with his daughter and his wife. And I just thought, that's the kind of person I want to do my website. He's in a queue in Florida and he's helping me, you know. So anyway, I have a meeting. So it's him and his wife and they're, they're called Scruffy Monkey. Um, and so I had a meeting with them and they are amazing. I love working with them because they totally get what I'm about. They totally get what I do. So they rebranded everything and changed the website and I love it. So the, the website, um, the, the workshop I do, they're, they're all Heal Your Life workshops. So they're all workshops that um, I've got on the training and that I've bought off Patricia, Patricia Crane, who does the training, who's a fabulous lady. Um, Dr. Patricia Crane. Uh, she wrote a fabulous book, Audience in the Cosmic Kitchen. So that's one of the workshops that I've run. Um, I do a two-day workshop based on the book, You Can Heal Your Life by Louise. I just right. ran one of those workshops a couple of days ago. And I love that workshop. It's so intense. The transformation in people is immense. I love it. Um, I run other workshops, Heal Your Life workshops, The Magic of Believing in Yourself, um, Money and Consciousness, Money and Prosperity. Um, there's many, many, many workshops, you know, Achieve Your Dreams, Vision Board workshops. I did a Vision Board workshop last Saturday. That, I love that. That's, that's great, watching people create their vision boards. Um, so, yeah, lots and lots and lots of programs. Um, I also do one-to-one -one coaching with people that can either be um, in person or like, like we're doing, it can be on Skype. Um, so I'm able to work with anybody from across the world. And the Great. team building, um, I've worked with a couple of charities in, in Bolton. One was a homeless charity um, called Backup that used to be called Bolton Young Persons Housing Scheme. And, and another charity, it's um, a charity called Endeavour, who work with women um, who are in domestic violence relationships or between domestic violence. So I've been able to work with the staff um, and do some team building work with them. And it's all about 
building that awareness up and building the um, confidence and talking to them about change you know because a lot of people don't like change you know they fear change and change is good change is great you know it's like don't stay doing the same thing all the time because i think Wayne Dyer who said um if you always do what you always if you always do what you've always done you'll always get what you you've always got you know so and it's like it's not rocket science is it it's like so true <laughs> so yeah so so there's lots of stuff I, I i also run meditation groups as well i either run them here at my house i did a meditation group last night or i do um, a meditation group over at a gym um so yeah do, i'm running a retreat next weekend so i love the retreat next weekend is just for women um because primarily most of my clients are women so um, I work with women who are ready to honour themselves totally, um, to be seen, heard and valued in all areas of the life. You know, so the workshop next week is all about relaxation, re-energising and rejuvenation. So it's a lot of meditation. I've got a lady coming in doing some Tai Chi um so it's they're doing some mindfulness walks um you know so yeah it's um i'm looking forward to that yeah so there's there's a lot going on and i've, I've just um started a ladies networking group um oh. there's a there's a ladies networking group in in bolton that's been going about three and a half years and it's called unique ladies and I went to one of the meetings in Preston and I was blown away by how inspired I felt after the meeting. So the Susie, Susie Orr, who uh, set up the meeting, um, she's the founder, she started now to franchise the meetings. So I, again, the universe working with me again, I was sat next to Susie at a Preston meeting when she announced that there was a couple of franchises coming up. Um, so I took the franchise in Wigan. Um, so we launched in September. So that's the platform for women in business to get together, to support each other. It's not about selling. It's about women supporting each other. We have inspirational speakers. We have um, an educational speaker coming in and it's just, knowing as a woman to know that you're not on your own that you've got that support from other women it's absolutely amazing to watch very very inspirational and motivational yeah that sounds exciting yeah well, it is yeah yeah and i have uh, one more question for you um where do you see yourself going in the future what what are like some of your big plans i mean i, I heard that you're like always busy and you're always doing something exciting but do you have like one one big goal that you're shooting for one big goal oh um, <laughs> so oh it's uh it's that's a really difficult question you know to just narrow it down to one um it, it's just it really is to continue to do what i do and to reach more people I think to get a, my goal is to get out there to bigger audiences 
Um, however that may look, however that might happen, I've no idea, you know, I trust the universe that it will happen. But I would love, I would love to be on a stage somewhere with an audience, a big audience, and, and share what I do with, with many, many people. Because at the moment what I do, it's great. Um, and I'm getting to small groups of people, but I would love to be able to share my message and, and share my story and share what I do with a, a massive audience so that I can reach more people all at the same time. So that's my goal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. And I, boy, I really hope you get it because you need to be heard. You really need to be heard. You are so inspiring. So. Thank you. Bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, I, I honestly, I could keep you on here all day. I have just so much I'd like to ask, but um, we do have to wind it down. Uh, as we're ending, could you tell our listeners where they can go to get more information on you and, and more information about what you do? Sure, yeah. My website is www.lynn, that's L-Y-N-N, lynnmeadowcroft.com. So um, I've also got a Facebook page. They can connect on Facebook. Um, So again, just send a friend request to Lynn Meadowcroft. Um, Or my business Facebook page is Lynn Meadowcroft Inspiring People. Yeah, and I'm on... I'm on LinkedIn. I've been on LinkedIn for quite a while, and then I was very dormant. But people keep telling me you need to be on LinkedIn. So I'm just, I've just, um, I've been a little bit more active on LinkedIn these last few weeks. So I am on LinkedIn as well. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. I mean, you are. Wow, really inspiring. And thank you so much for joining me today. Really appreciate it. Oh, it's been, honestly, I've loved it. Thank you for asking and thank you for inviting me to be here. I've loved it. Thank you. Okay, well, I'm going to thank you for everybody that's listening today. And uh, once again, this is Lynn Meadowcroft. Do not miss getting in touch with this lady. She is very dynamic. I know she's greatly inspired me today. And so we're going to close the interview now. Thank you all for listening. Thank you.